You're listening to Faith by Hearing with Dave Delaney, Christian conversations about faith, family, and friends. See, my green beans are gone. I ate them all. And then right when he finishes that statement, the green beans just plop right onto the plate. And my mom dies hysterically in laughter and says, that's so funny, Danny. You don't have to eat your green beans. You can be done. And I was angry because I had eaten my green beans. (laughs) You didn't try the comedy. I I thought this was going to be funny at the end, but it's spiritual. I didn't try that way. You were the older brother. I was who went young, out on the porch. I was the oh in the in the and said, "Why have we killed the fatted calf for him?" Exactly. Why did I do good and eat my green beans, and he somehow got rewarded for it? <laughs> I was pretty upset by that. That was Thanksgiving. That's how it went in my house. You had to clean your plate before you could go for uh, the pumpkin pie. I have an awesome Thanksgiving story that I've never told him. My dad's going to call me and spank me for it. Because he doesn't know this happened. He's going to either spank me over the phone or tell me next time I come home, I'm going to spank him. I'm basically going to admit that I lied to him 10 years ago and made him believe it. But it's a good story. And what it, is it? Share it. This is it. We've already started the show. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. We're starting with Thanksgiving stories Welcome, today. Welcome, everyone. We, me and my cousin Cody, he's my best friend. He's the best man at my wedding. We're just the notorious kids in the family for making problems at holidays. And there was a phase when we were probably 10 or 11 that we became obsessed with. We wanted to be like Bear Grylls and do survival man stuff. So we literally both built these packs. So we were convinced if we had this backpack with us, we could survive in the woods for years. And we would put them on at Thanksgiving events and run out in the woods. So we're out there after dinner. It's like middle of the afternoon in Missouri. Super dry that time of year. So we get out there and we're building a fire. <laughs> and they, our dads told us before we left, just don't, don't use those matches. So we start building. We're like, well, we're cold and we had to survive. So we're building a fire and the fire gets out of hand real quickly. We turn around, we're messing around in the pond. And by the time we turn back around, there's a good 75 foot wide swath of pasture that is burning. (laughs) So we take our jackets off and start splashing it, smacking the flame, getting it out, beating it down. And we get most of it out and then switch. And his backpack had like a bucket as the main pack. It was like a metal frame with a bucket strapped to it. So we start scooping water out of the pond and just dousing this whole fire line. And we probably spend two hours wetting everything that burned to make sure it doesn't start back. So we get back to the house and we're like, you know, we thought the fire department was coming. It was bad. So we get it calmed down and we get back up there and we stop at this cedar tree because my cousin says our dads are going to smell the fire on us. So we stop at this cedar tree and start breaking these cedar bows and rubbing them all over our clothes and skin. So we just smell like a Christmas tree ornament. (laughs) We get the house and uh, we're lying. They ask us what we did. We're like, oh, we just messed around, tried to catch some fish. We had fun. My dad, he's he's sitting down across the table from us and he says, you sure you didn't start a fire? And Cody went, no. (laughs) He laughed really loud and nervous. So he's like, you guys didn't start a fire out there. There's nothing that burns. You didn't you didn't use a single match. And who knows? They might have known all along. But they're like, no, we didn't start a fire. So a few minutes later, we just eating dessert, trying to lay low, not let the time pass. And I go in the bathroom and my face is black. <laughs> char. <laughs> my face is black <laughs> with char. So then just to overcompensate for my lie, I wash my face and I go back out there and I'm like, Cody, there was so much dirt on my face from when we were rubbing dirt on our faces. 
<laughs> he says, yeah, there was a lot of dirt on your face. Why did he not warn you before you <laughs> Or why was his house? face not black? His, he wasn't charred either. It was weird. So we, uh, for years, we would always talk about how we were so close to getting caught, but if the cedar trick is what won it over. so Until when, this moment right now. I've never come clean. You've lived with that lie? Oh, man. Yep. Good things happen when authentic conversation takes place. For 10 Thanksgivings. Well, welcome to Faith by Hearing podcast. This is episode four. And what we're aiming to do with this tiny little podcast is have an authentic conversation about faith, family, and friends. And this is, of course, Thanksgiving week, a week that really is centered around giving thanks to God and growing our faith in that way. But also, man, time with family. I wonder what your particular traditions are at Thanksgiving, and I I trust that you have some, and if you don't, you should certainly get some. And uh, I'm thankful for the Thanksgiving traditions and memories that I have. I know Derek and Evan are as well. I'm wondering how you rate your Thanksgiving food. You know, you're going to have a, a top 10 for, for each of the Thanksgiving food items. Do both you guys do turkeys, basically, in your in your house for Thanksgiving? Is that what you guys do? Whenever we celebrate with my wife's family, we almost always do turkey and ham. Okay. Yeah, we do turkey and ham in my house. Yeah, we do a, one fried turkey and one uh, baked turkey. Ooh, nice. Fried turkey. Yeah. We're going to make that happen this year. Yeah. So we're going we're gonna to play a little game, help us rate them, all right, while you're listening. You tell us where you think you are. Uh, where you would put each of these uh, Thanksgiving food items. I think Evan has a list for us. Derek and I will try to rate it, and then Evan will commentate on the uh, on the rating that we have. We're going to go ahead and do, on a scale of 1 to 10, okay. 1 being horrible, 10 being Thanksgiving essential. Okay, got it. All right, so number one, start it simple, mashed potatoes and gravy. It's an 8 for me. I like to use the mashed potatoes and gravy to... Yep complement the dryness of most turkeys and yes. so they have to go together if there's turkey there has to be mashed potatoes and gravy what are you rating it though i would give it a nine. Ooh, yeah just because of its versatility yeah it's at the top this might be nasty for some people but what i leave the mashed potatoes and gravy for last and then all the little leftovers of all the sides i just stir it all into a oh mash. no i can't do that oh no. it's good mush no one of our, one of our listeners who's a teenager in my youth group he's a he's a pastor now he can't have any of his food touch so your entire illustration you just gave we probably just lost he's him as that. a listener yeah he turned this episode off Oof. yeah so this one we're going to we're going to leave the 1 to 10 system this is going to be an either or okay. Right? okay okay either or got it pumpkin pie or pecan pie ooh that's a pretty easy one for me ooh, what do you got pumpkin pie yeah i would go pumpkin Okay, since yeah. you're both at Pumpkin, you guys aren't, like, traditionally Southern like I would view myself. I am an upstanding, God-fearing, respectable Southern woman. So this might not be a valid question. Pumpkin or sweet potato pie? Oh, pumpkin. Ugh. Honestly, I've never had sweet potato <laughs> pie. So pumpkin pie would still be there. I'll hook you up this year. I think it's better, personally. Do um, you make it yourself or do you buy it? I've done both. I, I doubt I'll be able to find one to buy in California. My honestly. mom makes a uh, derby pie. Which, if you would have said derby instead of pumpkin, it's the same concept. has pecans and chocolate chip. It's like a giant chocolate chocolate chip cookie, basically. My mom makes a lemon icebox pie, which Ooh, growing good. up was like my favorite. Mm. And it still is pretty good, but I didn't realize it's like 90% Cool Whip. Yeah. All right, here we go. Either or. 
sweet potato casserole or green bean casserole. And I'm talking about with the marshmallows on top, the little pecan pieces broken all over it. Neither. What? I'm going to have to go with the green bean casserole. Oh, no. Yeah. Definitely not that. I'm going to say green bean casserole for me because there should already be sweet potato pie there. So they're, they're close enough. You get a nice substitute. If, if either of those plates or both of those plates are on the table at Thanksgiving, um, I'm going to pass both of them. No, thank you. One to ten based on its essentialness. Okay. Corn. Just regular canned or fresh corn on the side. Not on the cob. No, just a pile. Of, you, we can go cream corn if you want Ooh. to. No. I can take it or leave it. I'll give it a four. Yeah, yeah, it's a four, three or four in my book. It's a filler. It's a Thanksgiving filler. Yeah. Add some color to the plate. Yeah, definitely not essential. All right. Regular solid cranberry sauce. <laughs> like right out of the can. Oh, yeah. Re- like sliced into re- like little cylinders, right? Just the the plop just, right onto like the little serving it. plate. Yep. Yeah, I got you. Or the kind that's like uh, has the cranberry chunks in it, and you scoop it out, and you would serve it more like a loose, like a loose salad, not a slice. I'm pretty big on texture. Ooh, so you and, don't like either. Then. And so both of those, I steer clear of. Yeah, I'm gonna probably disappoint listeners in this, and just say if it's cranberry sauce in any form, I'm probably skipping it. Yeah. I don't mind cranberries. I like cranberry juice, but just. When I see it, it's it repels me. <laughs> In that like gelatin yep, state, yeah. yeah. I stand I with how, the how it holds the form of the can so perfectly. <laughs> if if you can't still see the ridges of the can, then I don't want it. All right, you got to still have those ridges on there. Yeah, that's pretty. That's no, pretty thanks. tough. Ocean spray for life. And then lastly, this one is uh, more of a cultural, maybe a regional difference, but regular brown gravy. Or that light brown turkey gravy that you seem to only see at Thanksgiving. Oh. Just regular brown gravy or turkey gravy. And turkey. if you think there's not a difference, you're wrong. Turkey gravy. I'm going to have to say the brown gravy. Just because wow. that's what I'm used to and that's what I know. That's Thanksgiving for What me. are you going, Evan? Turkey gravy. Yeah, for sure. You do only see it at Thanksgiving, but it sets itself apart. What about those little rolls that you only see on Thanksgiving? Oh, that there's they come in the round pan? Yeah. <laughs> Sister Schubert's. That's the brand. Sister Schubert's. Why don't rolls. they sell those year round? Is it? I don't know. Those don't make an appearance at my house typically because the Hawaiian roll. Even, has, even with Thanksgiving? Yeah, has really dominated the roll scene in my house. Got to keep it close to home. Yeah. For those of you who have no idea what that was a reference to, we're like 20 minutes away from the Hawaiian roll headquarters. So. Kings Hawaiian. They have a restaurant, you know that? Yeah. Have you ever been? No, someone told me to go. Well, another great thing at Thanksgiving times, not just uh, the time you have with friends and family uh, around food, but, you know, also the time that you have with your church family. And I'm certain your church, like ours, will spend some time, some extra time this this season, uh, just being reminded of the ways in which that we should be thankful to the Lord. And what we'll do at First Baptist Long Beach is we'll take a uh, our Tuesday evening service and make it a praise and thanksgiving service and have testimony times and service. It's one of my favorite services throughout the year. What we've done is we've gone back through the archives and we have found some wonderful testimonies. Worship speaks like a thankful and reverent youth and I praise God for you. And we wanted to share them with you and this might just prompt you for your your church Thanksgiving service. This might just be the kind of thing that you need to encourage you to share a testimony of your own. 
We're going to listen to some of these testimonies from the past right now. Thanks, Pastor. Uh, just this year, just been so many things to be thankful for. The first thing is this work. Uh, my company has just been such a blessing. It's, it's so generous. You know, they they give their employees free lunches and there's no limit. Uh, so sometimes I would take about 15, 20 boxes home and feed my family for a week. Yeah. And uh, another thing, too, this is great, Pastor. I, I uh I'm so thankful that one of my friends got promoted to a supervisor at work, and now I get to take time off without having to uh, deplete my vacation balance, so that's working out great. Um, another thing, too, too uh, one of the vendors at work, uh, they gave us NFL season tickets. That was kind of a dilemma, so I had to pray, Lord, please send someone to take my place as choir director during game days, and lo and behold, somebody stepped up, and now I can go to all those games every Sunday. Great. What a, just a blessing. Finally, work-related-wise, um, it's really allowed me to decrease the sources of stress in my life. Um, I've had to work a lot of overtime and travel more, uh, which means that I don't have to deal with my kids' problems at home. You know, my wife has to handle that, and that, that's been great. Speaking of my wife, I'm, I'm just amazed how blessed she is. She really hit the jackpot when she found me, the total package. So thank the Lord for me, I guess. You're so conceited. Another blessing is, uh, I don't know, church family, you guys probably heard the, the new sound system that we, we have at church. Uh, it's been great. And uh, now my voice really stands out when I sing with the ensemble. And my Facebook friends who watch the live stream, they've been complimenting me a lot because they can hear me now. And they say, they're telling me, hey, if you sing really great. God's been good. God's been good. So I'm very, very, very thankful. That one was particularly moving for me, you know, with all the, the music ministry references. You just appreciate people like that serving in your music ministry. Man, what a blessing. He's uh, highly favored. It would seem. <laughs> yeah, we have we have uh, I think another one that we've uh, we went back to the archives and found. Well, hello, um, I am here to just say all the things I am thankful for. For example, I sure am thankful for our pastor because what he's really good at is reminding me how good I had it at my old church with my old pastor. When I was hospitalized for drinking sewer water in my garden, my old pastor brought her 75-person choir crammed into my little hospital room and sang me a full Christmas ensemble in July. I don't recall our current pastor doing that for me. I am also thankful for our choir and the songs that they sing because they sing our current songs at my old church and my old one does it a lot better. But that's besides the point. Because the reason I am here, Pastor, is because I really, really enjoy your preaching. It's a lot easier to fall asleep to, which has done wonders for my insomnia. I've never slept this good in years. Years. Um, if there's something else I'm thankful for, I'm also thankful for the introduction of Hawaiian Sunday. It builds my argument against ties and also for flip-flops. Other things I'm th thankful for, dim sum prescription eyewear that automatically turns into sunglasses, Kool-Aid, the citizen police, geese with their bonded mates, uh, moose, uh, shoes with the added insert that make you half an inch taller, um, 
shiny things that you can put on your jackets that help you close your clothes. Um, let me see, planes, um, horse-drawn carriages, mm, laser tag, um, children, but specific children. Am I allowed to say that? She definitely had the gift of encouragement. Yeah. She's a Barnabas. I know when you're, when you're feeling down. Daughter of consolation. <laughs> when you're feeling down in your office, it's been a long week. I know you pull that one out and listen yeah. to it again. Just to remind you, there's some people who do care. Yeah, that one lifts me up. We got one more. Oh, man, here we, we go. One more. And this guy's pretty shy. He doesn't speak a lot. So when, when he stood up in that church service last year, uh, I knew it was going to be good. And I, I th he didn't disappoint. Well, let's start with my kids. Uh, I'm thankful for my kids, even though uh, half the time they drive me nuts. I love them, though. I love them. But I can't stand them. No, it's a lovely relationship, I guess. Uh, I'm thankful for my health. I feel horrible. Every day I get up, goodness gracious, it's like I'm carrying an elephant on my back. But I'm grateful for my health. I can't stand it neither. Goodness gracious here, man. Well, I'm, um, I, got my, I got my kids. I'm, I'm thankful for my health. I'm thankful for my job. I love my job. You hate your job. Gracious. Hope we don't have jobs in heaven. What else am I grateful for? Grateful for my house. <laughs> oh boy. Let me tell you about my house. The dog has a better dog house than I have at home. Everything leaks on it, man. Things that shouldn't even leak are leaking. We have light most of the time. I'm grateful for that. Um, I'm grateful for my church as well. Gee, boy, look at this church. I love it. I love everybody here. Huh? Can't stand those certain people, though, man. Those ushers in the back. <laughs> and the bald people here. Oh, boy. Don't even mention those guys. <laughs> just, the sun reflects on their head and it just makes me squint my eyes. You got to love them, but you have to. You have to. God, literally, you have to, literally. God told you to. Um, I'm grateful, you know. I'm, I'm thankful for, you know, all the Lord giving me. Thank you for the opportunity to talk. Well, those were encouraging Thanksgiving testimonies. Mm. It gives you something to shoot for. Because if you're hearing this on Tuesday, a lot of you have a Tuesday night or Wednesday night testimony service. So kind of gives you a template, something that would encourage your church. I absolutely enjoy the, uh, the Thanksgiving season. It's a great time of the year to be reminded to say thanks, even if you don't feel thankful. That's something I think that's certainly missing in our culture. You know, the Bible talks about how that at the end times we become ungrateful and we assume that things should be given to us. We're, we think we're owed particular things, and uh, we have so much, but we say thank you for so little. And this time of the year, it seems as if, you know, the whole world at least is making a, a consistent effort to say thanks. And that's, what, that's really what we want to encourage you as the podcast listeners. We, we want to encourage you with and the importance of giving thanks there's a verse that Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18, and it says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. There aren't very many places in the Bible, in fact, there's just six, where the Scripture says, this is the will of God. And a lot of times we get so focused on finding the will of God in our lives I know some of you as listeners right now, you're, you're contemplating, man, your future career, future college choices, contemplating a future relationship. 
you're trying to determine what God would have for you in one particular scenario or the other. Should you take the promotion? Should you move offices? Should you buy that house? And you're looking for the will of God that's so far unrevealed to you. But what we have in God's Word is we have the revealed will of God. And this is one of those places, the area of giving thanks is one of those things that God says, this is His will for your life. Irrespective of anything else that may be taking place, it's God's will for you. It's God's will for me to give thanks. And I think sometimes what we do is we find ourselves saying, well, I can't give thanks because of my circumstances. Our circumstances oftentimes prevent us from giving thanks and obeying the will of God. But what Paul says in this verse is, in everything, give thanks. And what's interesting is he doesn't say that we have to give thanks for everything. He says we're to give thanks in everything. Now, there are some things in our life that we are not thankful for. We're not thankful that it happened. We're not thankful for cancer. We're not thankful for a relationship being fractured. We're not thankful for a particular loss, but we can be thankful in it. And that's what God calls us to do. He calls us to be thankful in everything. And the interesting thing about everything there is it literally means all things. So in every or all situations, we can and we should give thanks. The other thing that Paul does in that verse, though, it's very interesting, is he says that we're to give thanks. So sometimes the reason we don't give thanks is because we we argue to ourselves in this way, well, I don't feel thankful. But giving thanks has nothing to do with your feelings. That we we feel particular ways because of circumstances that we find ourselves in. But Paul's command here to the Thessalonians is overriding whatever circumstance you're in and overriding whatever particular feelings that you may have. We are to give thanks. So thanksgiving is is more than a feeling. It's more than something that we express one time out of the year. Thanksgiving doesn't require that we feel, quote-unquote, good about a particular situation or that the things are the way that we would have hoped that they were. What Paul is saying is, irrespective of how you feel and irrespective of whatever situation that you find yourself in, you and I as believers, are commanded to give thanks. And that can be difficult at times. That can be easier at other times. You know, I I think if Paul would have said, in good things give thanks, we would have found it simpler to, to obey. Or if he would have said, sometimes give thanks, but he says, in everything give thanks, this is God's will. So thankfulness is the will of God for your life. It's the will of God for all of us. But also, we can give thanks in everything all the time because we're giving thanks to God. So thankfulness requires that there's someone we're saying thank you to. And as believers, yeah, we're thankful for our parents, and we're thankful for children, and we're thankful for pastors, and we're thankful for teachers and employers and neighbors and friends But as believers, we have to stop and ask, who is it that gave us those? And of course, the answer to that is that, God, I'm reminded of where Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy, man, Timothy, there's a faith in you that was in your mother and in your grandmother, and you should thank God for that. And what Paul is specifically telling Timothy is, yeah, be thankful for your mom and grandma for sure. 
But there's a there's another layer to that. There's a deeper layer to that. And the deeper layer to that that we have as Christians is that we're thankful to God for having given us those people in our lives. So we're we're thankful the object of our thankfulness as Christians is not the promotion, it's not a materialistic possession, it's not an opportunity, it's not a job or a college. The object of our thankfulness is always God, thankful to God, thankful to be able to know God. I, for one, am thankful that I had parents and a pastor and a church who, man, at a very early age of my life were teaching me about God, who were teaching me the Word of God. So, man, we ought to be thankful And the object of our thankfulness ought to be directed to God at all the good things that He's given us, but also we ought to be thankful to be able to know Him. And when we attach our thankfulness to Him, He is over and above all of our circumstances, whatever whatever they may be, whatever they may look like. And that truly is the, the reality that only Christians can have. Only Christians can live with the reality of being thankful to God, because only Christians truly know God. In fact, what Paul says there in Thessalonians, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. And then he says, in Christ Jesus. So being in Christ, knowing Jesus as your Savior, knowing the love of God extended to you and to me through Christ, knowing the grace extended to us, the mercy extended to us, his faithfulness extended to us through Christ gives us the privilege to be able to say thank you, to give thanks to him, irrespective of whatever we may be going through in our life. Truly, only the Christian can say thank you in life's most difficult positions. I think of what Job says, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job is saying the exact same thing Paul is saying. He's saying in every situation that he has found himself in, God is still good, and we can find the obedience to the will of God in giving thanks in that situation, even if we aren't necessarily giving thanks for that situation. So uh, unlike most feelings, thankfulness is not something that you can artificially work up. I I know you guys are probably brought up this way. I was brought up this way. My parents would always make me say thank you if someone gave me something. You know, Sunday school teacher gave us candy or something. Now, what do you tell, you know, what do you tell Mr. Johnson for that candy? You know, you say thank you. And what Paul is arguing, what the scriptures argue, they're not arguing for some kind of robotic performance of saying thank you. They're arguing from from the reality of the position that we hold of being in Christ The reality of the position we hold demands a particular response in our hearts to God, the object of our thankfulness, irrespective of whatever we're currently going through or living in. So Thanksgiving, I think a couple things is God's will. Thanksgiving is directed to God. He is the object. He is the one that we're directing our thankfulness to. But I think also, all throughout the Bible, you you have thankfulness as a pervasive concept in the Scriptures. So let's, let's do this. Maybe you guys can jump in on this point, because I've been talking for a little while. But what's a, what's a passage about giving thanks or being thankful that kind of comes to your mind? Maybe it's a psalm. Maybe it's a New Testament command. 
What comes to my mind would be Philippians 1-3, uh, going on through the rest of the chapter. Paul says, writing to the church of Philippi, of course, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making requests with joy, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. <laughs> and then he says, but being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work and you will perform it until the day of Jesus. And I think many times it occurs to me that I'm thankful for a friendship that I have. I'm thankful for a family relationship that I have. Um, but that Paul says, every time I think of you, it points me to thank God for you. Mm-hmm. It's great to text a friend and say, hey, man, I'm thankful for your friendship. But what's even better is that when you think of someone and you're thankful for the impact they have in your life and the friendship that you have, that they're causing you to thank God. Right. Yeah. Every time I re- Paul said, every time I remember you, it causes me to thank God. And I think back of the first day when we became brothers in the gospel and you accepted the truth and and the growth even till now and the fact that God's not done and he's going to continue to perform that good work. And every time I think of you and the work that you're doing and the friendship that we have, it causes me to thank God for those things. When I did um, our study through Philippians, that verse was, it became the most significant verse, at the especially at the first part of that that letter to me because there's some great verses in Philippians, like some very, you know, quote, famous verses. And as I was reading that, that verse struck me as so significant for Paul's understanding of his time there in Philippi because his time in Philippi wasn't actually all joyful time. Hmm. They, they couldn't even find enough people to constitute going into the synagogue. They had to first meet down by the river because there weren't enough men in their congregation that would have allowed them to go into the synagogue. So they meet down by the river at the tree, and that's where their that's where their first church service begins. And then, of course, you have Lydia, who's a, a citizen there in Philippi, and they, meet, they begin by meeting in her house. So after they meet by the river, they end up at her house. But Paul does something particular in that phraseology that you read about that verse. And he says, when I think of you, I think of joy. And I think that is such an important lesson in maintaining a spirit of thankfulness. Because all of us have things that we could think about that are hurts when we think about people. Hmm. But Paul chooses to have spiritual amnesia. And he goes, you know what? When I think about you... I'm only going to think good about you. I'm going to remember those good things which prompts him to give thanks and have a joyful spirit as opposed to focusing on the bad. I I love that he doesn't write and go, hey, church at Philippi, remember when we couldn't get enough men? You know, remember how bad we had that? That Paul has a great spiritual discipline in that. And I think that that's what is is uh, happening in our lives at Thanksgiving week is that we're intentionally thinking on things that are good about other people, even though there are hurts, even though there are pains. So it's not saying that there aren't struggles. That's what we want to make sure our listeners are hearing. Of course there's struggles. Of course there's circumstances that you would change or that I would change, just like there were circumstances that Paul would change. But Paul understood that to be a person who's full of thanks, he had to focus on particular things, namely his relationship with God through Jesus Christ, the gospel. And then secondarily, he chose to focus on the good things about those individuals. And he allowed those to be the repeated patterns of his mind when he thought about them. 
And I think oftentimes I don't end up in a spirit of thankfulness about someone else because I don't repeat the good. I only repeat and focus on the bad. Mm. And so that's an important lesson from that verse. That's one of my favorite ones, Evan. I, I really like Paul's approach to, to Philippians there. What about you, Derek? A verse I like is Colossians 2, verse 6 and 7. It says, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. And how it, he's telling the church, he's saying, hey, because you've received Christ, you now have a responsibility to be rooted and grounded in the faith, which we mm-hmm. talked about last week as the way that we believe the Lord has us to live, the way that we should act and behave and think based on the word of God. And we, we should do this abounding with thanksgiving. We should be, like you said, thankful in, thankful in spite of, and we mm-hmm. can do that because we have, in verse 6, received Christ Jesus yeah. the Lord. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I think also, too, that verse is saying to the degree that you're rooted and built up. So you're you're thankful because you're a Christian, but even Christians can become unthankful, can become ungrateful. So to the degree that you're building yourself up in the Word of God, and you're rooting yourself in the Word of God, that degree is going to bring about a particular measure of thankfulness and adding to your thankfulness. So if you find yourself in an unthankful or ungrateful situation, or an ungrateful or thankful attitude, rather, then, man, you should really probably look into how much time you're building up your faith. You're you're grounding yourself in God's Word because in grounding yourself in the Word of God, you're going to be built up unto thankfulness. I also think about thankfulness, though. Ephesians chapter 5, thankfulness replaces sin. So he says in chapter 5 and verse verse 4, neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. So when, when Paul commands believers to stop sinning, he also commands believers to put thankfulness in its place that we can act with a sinful thankless heart or we can act with a with thankful hearts and thereby please God so just before we close let me just review thankfulness is God's will we're to be thankful to God he's the object of our thankfulness thankfulness is a pervasive concept all throughout the scripture thankfulness replaces sin and then the last thought is that thankfulness can bring us closer to others, similar to the point that Evan had made, but also Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16, here's what he writes, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. So Paul modeled this attitude of thankfulness toward others, and how much of a difference in our marriages, in our family dynamics, how much of a difference in whatever particular relationships we're in, how much of a difference would it make if we were modeling that, I am thankful for you in this particular situation. I'm thankful for you as a person being put in my life. I'm thankful for you, my mom, my dad. I'm thankful for you. And then adding to that, just remembering that all of those people that God has brought into your life are brought into our life by him. So our ultimate thankfulness is to God, irrespective of whatever 
particular situations or circumstances that we may find ourselves in in this world. And we hope that, you know, this Thanksgiving week, you'll take extra time to make sure that you communicate your thankfulness and live with a with a heart of thankfulness. And with that in mind, we want to say thank you to you, all of our listeners. You helped us this past week. We went over 1,000 downloads. Boy, we're famous now. So big round of applause to, uh, to you for listening. And uh, hopefully you're enjoying the content that you're getting. And if you are, we'd love to hear back. We'd love to hear from you. And there's several ways that you can give us your feedback. So Evan's going to tell us how to get that right now. Yeah, I want to thank a couple of you. We have got just this week two different people who sent in a topic idea, and both of those we loved and are something that we added to the the plans for the future, so we'd be happy to get to those. You can let us know some of those topic ideas or just general feedback in regards to the podcast and our direct messages on Instagram at Faith by Hearing Podcast, uh, via Twitter at FBH underscore podcast, or shoot us an email at faithbyhearingpodcast at gmail.com. All right, we ready to give away the hat, do a drawing real it's quick? It's time. Time it's, is here. So the time has arrived. I want to thank every one of you who have participated in the giveaway we're doing on Instagram for the Faith by Hearing hats. Is it fair to say we've had dozens of entries? Uh, yes, right at two dozen, so, <laughs> so we can say dozens. Many, many, many. That's the easy, uh, that's the easy hack. Many, many, many entries we received this week. So you know who you are. We'll pull your name out of the hat right now, the uh, technological app hat. My phone is now in my hat. We're shuffling. Oh, no. Jordan Dow. Ding, ding, ding. Give the man a prize. He's a winner. Do we, re- do we actually want to give Jordan Dow a hat, though? I think he will wear it. Yeah. That guy. Yeah. Jordan, um, we're not gonna we're not gonna contact you at first. We're gonna wait till this episode comes out. We're gonna find out if you're really listening, and then I mean, if you don't reach out in the next week or so, we may we may have to go from there. So he has to he has to reply. He has to in reply. order to claim the prize. Yeah, I think I making think that's up the fair. rules on the spot. Well, we said that last week, didn't we? That we were we would announce it on the podcast. It's like it's like buying a, a lottery ticket. They're not going to tell you. You have no. to claim it. You got to claim it. I feel like if you put enough effort to share the story and to tag people, you're listening. But but right now, someone who knows Jordan and is a friend of his, shooting him a text. Providing on the off chance Jordan happens to miss this episode, they'll let him know. So even if somebody did it, win the free hat. They can still get a hat. Absolutely. Anyone with $25 plus shipping has access to one of these hats, all right? It's not just for the giveaway. You saw the different colors we have posted on Instagram. If you'd like to purchase one of those, shoot us a direct message on Instagram or Twitter, and uh, we'll let you know how we can get that in the mail for you as quickly as possible. Thanks for listening to uh, Faith by Hearing, an authentic conversation about faith, family, and friends. Go out with a quote today. Bob Jones Sr. said that when the fires of gratitude burn out on the altar of a man's heart, that man is well nigh hopeless. Think about that this Thanksgiving. Have a good week. Wow, a quote. He brought a quote to the end today. Happy Thanksgiving.